Doom, doom, doom. Dom, All right. Yeah, did you forget the words, Alex? <laughs> I didn't forget the words, but I did forget to click record. <laughs> no! Oh. I was staring at the monitoring bars. I was like, we're in. We got everyone where we needed to be. So, <laughs> so we didn't get Cody's rendition of the Game of Thrones theme song? Oh, no. I Yeah, no. No, I wasn't recording that. We can't nice. get we can't get copyright stricken. Oh, is that what we're in danger of? <laughs> yeah, not with you. Welcome to Married to Who, a podcast where a couple of couples watch Doctor Who for the very first time. My name is Jake. With me are Cody, Sam, Alex, and producer Terry. Jill will be here in a little bit. This week we're here to talk about Hellbent, written by Stephen Moffat, directed by Rachel Talley, aired December 5th, 2015. Sam. Jake. What'd you think of this one? It was great and it was an hour long and i was not expecting that and i wanted to watch it twice and i didn't quite get through the second time but it deserves a second watch cody yo uh same question you know exactly how the fuck i feel about this jake <laughs> no i don't you're a enigma all oh, right i am kind of the wild card yeah it was shit <laughs> <laughs> got you all it wasn't it was so good it made you feel the feels it's the winter it changed things up it was a big surprise it was good i mean it was good what do you want from me jake terry i was so happy when i saw the back of clara's head i was like yes i was just i'm just overjoyed it, it was such a good good episode i loved it it was just visually fun to watch you got to see cameos of past bad guys it was just great Ooh, alex what'd you think of this one i still really like this episode um it's it's great it's a lot of fun fun yeah it's fun fun. i'm down with fun i I believe it to be fun (laughs) fun (laughs) jake what did you think well i kind of said last week that so this is kind of like a Marmite episode. It's people either like it or hate it. And I'm the only person in the world who likes this more than last week's episode. I love this episode. I watch it all the time. Especially that uh, the scene in the old school TARDIS where, you know, the scene at the end. I watch that constantly. Yeah. That was a I, good scene. I won't say that for was sure. old school TARDIS? But I could see this episode being a favorite above the last episode. I wouldn't I wouldn't hate that opinion. I would actually probably agree with it. The last episode yeah. was just unfoundedly good. Profoundly. Incredibly. <laughs> Unfoundedly. Unfoundedly good. It makes sense. Don't, just don't think about it. I texted Cody last night. I was like, if you're not watching Doctor Who right now, you are wrong. And you should be. Jokes on her. I wasn't wrong. I was dad. 
Got him. So did did Jake lie to us and say that don't get a shift on? Say that these episodes were all single parters when in fact it was one giant three parter. Uh, what the heck? Uh, so confusing. Wait, he kind of broke that down, right? He was like, "They're I mean they're very different episodes, yeah. but you know, they're like a parter, but they're standalone." Well, it's you like know? saying, and, wrong? "Yeah, it's like saying." Star Wars is like Empire Strikes Back's not a sequel because it's a continuing story that was planned before the first one came out, which people say, which is bullshit. But uh, <laughs> so it's like, yeah, that's how you really feel. Well, just that George Lucas never knows what he's doing. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, no, it's just that they're they're all one story, but I wouldn't say they're like part one, part two, and part three. That's because they don't say part one, part two, or part three in the title. <laughs> well, they have different writers. They have different looks. Different. They take place in different places. What, like different quarries? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, one took place in Diagon Alley. One took place in <laughs> the desert. But yeah, it's... um. You know, it's not like there are ones like the Zygon one where it's like, okay, we have to watch these together because by themselves there's just not enough to talk about because they are one story. Where with yeah. these three, that's clearly not the case. Yeah, Clearly. It's such a long path for three stories, too. Like, you, you compare a two-parter and even then, they only solve, like, a problem. This is a lot there's a lot there's so much and you just made me think of something by saying that like the benefit of multi-part stories is that we can really dig into the side characters and start to learn about their world and who they are and these stories have no side characters (laughs) other than like Maisie Williams who we already know and the Time Lords who like we already know what the Time Lords are so it's really a three-part story with just our main cast, which is two people. Uh, was that Mr. Like Pres- that Mr. President guy was a side character that I've never seen before? Yes, you have. No, yeah. wait, is he just older? Yes. No, he's regenerated. Well, that too. Oh, that's... <laughs> so that's he, was, um, he was James Bond in the End of Time Part 1 and 2, uh, David Tennant's last story. It's Rassilon. But yeah, but the point stands like Moffat in particular likes in his stories, at least to the point that we've seen, especially like his big finales to kind of make the cast really small, like in the Big Bang for almost all of it. It's just our main TARDIS team and River, if you want to say she's not part of the main team. And then, you know, there's a big wedding scene at the end, but that's the last three minutes of the episode. It's so they can take all that money and spend it on like locations and CGI and all that other stuff that really makes the episode pop. Uh, stuff go. Yay, Clara. Clara's <laughs> alive. Also, we got to put that alive in quotes, right? Like, I am. Forever? Yeah, she's between heartbeats. I am getting kind of sick of them bringing people back just because they can. I do enjoy that she's back, but like, Come on. There's a level of annoyance to the non-finality of killing main characters. I do like uh, how 
the episode started like in this diner. Yeah, and, like, he was talking with her, and how did it end? Like, um, it was something of. He um, says that the song is named Clara, and she says, "Tell me about her," and then it's into the song. That's what it was. And... Yeah, and it was like it made it look like like she had like she was one of the regenerations of Clara, if you will, of just like her split life. Yeah. So that was really fun play on that. Yeah, and then even all those diner scenes, like through to the end, once you start realizing that wiping memory is going to have something to do with it, then you're like, oh, she had her memory wiped, so she doesn't mm-hmm. know who he is. And it's a nice little fake because it's him that had his memory wiped. There were yeah. multiple fake outs, so that's one of them. And another one is you think that the doctor is going to be shunned from Gallifrey when really he's the hero. Yeah. Or I thought that at least maybe. Oh, in that, yeah. So let's <laughs> let's talk about that then. Um so well before we get there, in the diner scenes, what were you guys thinking, especially at the very beginning, when he walks into a diner and just Clara's there in like the hottest waitress outfit ever? <laughs> uh exactly what you said. Like I was I was just pretty sure he had erased Clara's memory. Actually, you know what? No, I thought he was dreaming. Oh, she's yeah, she's dead. Right. Yeah, I completely forgot about that. I, it's I'm I'm working off of like a post knowledge bias. But yeah, the doctor was off his meds. I thought he either found some way to bring her back, but she has no memory and they had to be apart from each other, or it was another regeneration of her. Definitely didn't think that he wasn't the one that didn't remember. That was a lot of negatives. Did that make sense? <laughs> well before <laughs> before you know that like did you think this is a different Clara or it's in his head or something crazy. Like, obviously at that point, you're not thinking, Oh, he went and saved her using this weird device and then erased her memory. I don't remember what I thought. You need to like, watch it with us and ask these questions during the time. (laughs) You watched it today. I watched it yesterday first. Oh, my apologies. I I rewatched it today. I really thought she was a, uh, another clone of Clara, like another uh, time stream of her. Yeah. Um, that or if it was, uh, he was able to um, make like a hologram of her in the TARDIS in like this random room of a diner in the TARDIS and he could just go and see her. <laughs> like it's that like was his... my other thought too. It's just his like jerk off room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> his Clara prison. Because there was no one else in that alive. diner the USS Callister, but it's just a, a diner instead of a spaceship. Alright, so we talked about the diner, then everything from there, um, all the stuff outside in the desert is all like this dope-ass western mini-movie where like, there's almost no dialogue, but the Doctor's super badass. I made a note of that. Like the From that diner scene, the Doctor doesn't say anything that entire time until it's the main or the president of the high council shows up until he says get off my planet that is favorite line worthy it's get so off good my planet yes and then when the soldier comes up and he's like i'll do respect get off his planet 
so good. It's so weird that they all just go about living with this dude as their leader. And then when the doctor shows up, they're like, all right, it's coup time. <laughs> well, there's been a lot of Rassilon versus the doctor stories, but I think this is only like the third time he's actually been on TV. But the Rassilon's kind of their creator. Like he helped discover regeneration or time travel or yeah. both. What what were <laughs> his what were his titles? He, so he was really he was dead and gone. And in the five doctors, they go to his tomb, but then they brought him back for the time war to try to help them. And now this is for them kind of right after that, like they wouldn't hit at the end of the universe. And so he's their president. That part is confusing because they went to hide at the end of the universe, but then the doctor goes further to the goes end of the more universe. more to the end of the universe. <laughs> right. I, that part I don't really get. They're just kind of sort of to the end. You Let's know, do, they, yeah. they want to save some time to be alive. Well, they, yeah, they even <laughs> say at that point, like when he kicks off, kicks Razzlon off the planet he's the general guy is like you know there's only a couple planets left he might not have anywhere to go and then when they go even more to the end and Ashilda is there she's like this little bubble that she created is literally the only thing that's left and they had five minutes left there what a yeah. crazy thought Right? Ashilda was cool as a cucumber, knowing that she's about to die in five minutes. She can't die. She'll be alive. She'll float she, in the nothing. She's lived over billions of years, I think. It's time to she's go. She's pretty happy to get on the TARDIS. Like Come the Doctor didn't even invite her. He's she's just like, when are you going to tell Clara? And he says now, and she just follows him in. <laughs> oh, yeah. I gotta see this. She needs to follow up and make sure it happens. Well, and she finally got on the TARDIS. Like that was her whole thing back in the beginning. Yeah, oh, I wanted right. her to be like, "Hey, I brought this chessboard to the end of the universe. You want to sit down and have a game?" <laughs> like, yeah. this was a lot of work. <laughs> what was that set piece doing there? <laughs> I don't. It's like, well, we have a chair. We need something in front of her. Clearly, this is a puzzle. This is a this is a puzzle that the doctor's trying to solve. It wasn't. Is it weird that my first thought when I saw her was like, that's what you wore to the end of the universe? What? What? I <laughs> thought it was Balin. Yeah, but her hair was like weird. All the billions and millions and trillions of years that have gone by. I know I said that in the wrong order. Like, that's the fashion that still <laughs> stuck around. It almost looked like she was 80s rock style all over again. Fashion, fashion goes in circles. So... The doctor's got this elaborate plan. It all starts with, you know, getting out of the confession dial. And then once he's on Gallifrey, all that stuff's awesome. We all agree on that. Yes. And then he... Is that his mom? No. When we see him as a little boy in Listen, that's like the lady that runs that oh, place. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Because she even says, like, you can't be here. It's for the boys when, and then she notices that it's him. So kind of a mom. Oh. Sure. I thought you were talking about the uh, sisters of Scarrow because she calls him boy at the end. Karn, right? Oh, Karn, no, yeah. No. Scarrow's where the Daleks live. Yeah, yeah, I, oh, yeah. I realize that. <laughs> but also uh, the sisters. Also, that bowl. I'm going to get me one of those bowls. 
No, ew. Also, tomato <laughs> soup. Uh. Right? Oh, that yeah. looks amazing. <laughs> that, I was that jealous. That was way too liquidy. That you, scene, you, need, you need to thicken that shit up. <laughs> the doctor like is just looking at it and then looks up. And it was like in her model, like, really? This is what I'm eating? Right? Hero of the planet. You couldn't get him like some some stew. No, when he looks up and like cheers to all the people around him with his spoon. I love that part. <laughs> Do you notice that when the guy says, drop your weapons, he drops the spoon? Oh, I yeah. Yes. And yeah, then yeah, everyone yeah. turns to him. It's like, Jesus, how heavy was that spoon? <laughs> <laughs> the spoon is his weapon, Terry. I thought words I was thought his weapon. words, yeah. You can't drop words, you dumbs. Oh, oh let, you me, let me drop some verses on oh, your we ass. We saw him sword fight with the spoon in Robot of Sherwood. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. Okay, so yeah, he is pretty dangerous. I see how you guys think it was fun. Uh, in the diner, when when they were in the diner, the song on the overhead before he hijacks it with the guitar was "Don't Stop Me Now" yeah. cover, which we heard in another episode. Yeah, that's it. Right. Was that jazz? Yeah, lady. but I don't think it was. I don't think it was Foxes singing it. I think it was a different version, but it was the same song. Maybe it was Foxes. I thought it was the same because it was like a it was like a flapper type jazz style to it. Yeah, it just sounded strange. Maybe it was just because of it was playing through speakers instead of all right. the episode. Yeah, yeah. It kind of broke the fourth wall with the doctor playing Clara's song. Yeah. Which, I don't know. It's fine. Oh, I, like I see that what song. you people are talking about. Like, that's Clara's theme song? Yeah, the song he's playing on the guitar is Clara's theme. I see. And that's why at the end she says... Because... She asks, like, oh, what Clara said to you in the cloisters. And he says, I don't remember. And for us, the viewer, when that conversation is happening, the pan, the camera pans up to the skyline and we're hearing Clara's theme. We don't actually hear what she says. So him playing that is kind of like representative, representative of him not remembering. Oh. And so she says, she says memories, because earlier he says memories are where, or stories are where memories go when they're forgotten or some moffity bullshit. And then uh, <laughs> she says, maybe they become songs. And then the doctor smiles. And I miss that song motif altogether. Like, as soon as she was about to talk to him and they did the skyline thing, I rolled my eyes. I was like, oh, you fucking kidding me? Just, <laughs> no. Yeah, every reaction I watch on YouTube is like, as soon as that happens, they're just, fuck you! <laughs> Let us listen! Real quick, though, can I get a t-shirt that says some Moffity bullshit on it? <laughs> yes. Thanks. They're on my Etsy store. <laughs> <laughs> the day you get an Etsy store. <laughs> so that Etsy is really just Amazon for people who think don't, they're creative. Don't, don't give me a Moffat line. <laughs> Etsy's just Etsy's just Amazon for bad people. <laughs> Jesus, gross. For homemakers. So <laughs> for white ladies. <laughs> hey. <laughs> what? What is the it's true? What is the shack? Is it an orphanage or something? Is that why all those people were randomly there all of a sudden? Oh, maybe. Well, it's like a village. One building? It, it takes a village. We can't see what's on the other Lord. side. 
we watched the doctor walk up to it like miles away. There was nothing but this building. Oh, no, because wasn't, yeah, that's the shed that he was, like, when they were sleeping. So it was just outside of a town, wasn't it? Well, it's what? a barn for, like, there's another building, like, that lady doesn't sleep outside. Well, right, so then that's where yeah, they it is. from. It is the same barn from the 50th that we see the war doctor walk to. Hmm. Yeah. I was getting some weird, like, orphanage, like, prodigal son return vibes. Well, it's definitely a boy's home. Like, it's pre-academy. Because they say in Listen, he'll never be, like, he's not going to the academy. He'll never make a Time Lord. And so it's, yeah. some. I mean, it could be just like a school that kids sleep at or live at oh yeah yeah like a, just a boarding school maybe yeah uh okay so the doctor makes it to the the time lord city whatever it's called the time lords i love their costumes like the rich vibrant colors and then all of the work like it was just beautiful i hate the president's shoulder pads <laughs> well, it's not a shoulder pad it's like a headpiece and poor Donald Sumter, like that thing is just pressing against his cheeks, like it's falling off, but like <laughs> pulling him back the whole time. Yeah, that's probably exactly why. That is exactly why. <laughs> I love that uh, they say, you have all of Gallifrey to help you. And he's like, you would just cramp my style. Look at your headdresses yep. or hats. Verbatim. Yeah, hats. Uh, right before that, that's when he's up in the conference room and, uh, you know, starts talking out his plan and they start talking about the prophecy. But before that, him and Sister to Karn Lady are down in the cloisters. And I like this because we talked last week about what the Confession Dial actually is and how it works. And here we kind of get an explanation where he says the Confession Dial is a ritual act of purification it allows a dying Time Lord to face his demons, make his peace before his mind is uploaded to the Matrix. So that's what it is. Yeah, that yeah. was super interesting. And the, So the reason, someone knew what it meant. And the reason he was so mad is because they kind of bastardized that to extract information from him. Right. Yeah, Yeah, that was rude. They are so scummy. Well, and he starts that explanation to um, Sisterhood of Karn Lady. I Last time she was on an episode, I wrote down her first name, but now I don't have it. But he starts by saying, do you know what they did to me? See, all that stuff is like, God, I did not make those connections at all. When Clara asked him how long it had been and he, <laughs> we saw like angry doctor and I don't think I liked it. It was scary. Well, we see back at the barn again before he even goes to the city he takes off his coat and puts on this black Western getup. And then later when he's got Clara and they're down in the cloister, she says, what happened to your other coat? I like that one. It's so, it's so doctory. And he says, I can't be the doctor all the time. It's like for him, he's symbolically like removing the doctor because he knows what he's going to do here on out is wrong. Some part of me feels like that's a Moffatism. Well, Clara was like almost afraid of him at one point, and I would have been too. And like that was really intimidating. Right, the doctor just straight up shot the dude. Like after the fact, he's like, "Oh, uh, he'll just regenerate." But like, not even wow. like that. 
part, but when he was trying to have her feel for a pulse and he just got shorter and shorter with her. And he's like, do not trust me anymore. And she's like, not when you're shouting like that. Yeah, that, that, was, that was nuts. I yeah. think at that point, it was more the doctor just wasn't understanding why it wasn't working. And like he's also realizing too, like I put all of this time for this plan and the plan's not working how it's supposed to work. So his frustration is trying to come out. I think it's more that he's scared. He knows exactly why it's not working and it's because it was never going to work. And so he's lashing out because he's scared because Clara is still going to die. He was just terrifying. That's I think the scariest that I've seen the doctor personally. Yeah. Have you seen all of Tenet's episodes? Well, he was <laughs> he was like lashing out at his companion, which is weird. Yeah, that is very strange. Well, yeah. no, they've been He wasn't physically lashing out. He was just again, he's he this doctor in particular has shown from the jump that he doesn't know how to handle his emotions. And lashing out doesn't have to be physical. Right. But I mean, the doctor's certainly lashed out emotionally at his companions loads of times. Um, look at Matt Smith's second episode. I was going to say, Matt Smith was pretty known for being an emotional doctor in my book. Yeah. But this doctor in particular, and he did it a couple times in this story, and he did it a lot in Face the Raven, is when something very emotional is happening, particularly when Clara is talking to him and trying to like get something out of him. He's, his eyes are constantly like darting around the room like he doesn't want to look at her. But he's also like trying to think of a hundred things all at once just to be like, what? Like, because he's constantly just playing at some kind of game and not wanting to just be real. Because he doesn't know how. He needed his cards to tell him what to say. <laughs> um. Can Jake, can you go over what like the cloister is? Because I feel like there was a lot of classic references yeah. in that whole part of the episode. <laughs> um, it's a big computer made of ghosts in a crypt guarded by ghosts. Well, I get that from it's the episode. Like, guarded by old time lords? So the cloisters is this like security system to guard the matrix. And those monsters we saw, the Dalek, the Cyberman, the Weeping Angels, he says, like, some people are dumb enough to try to break in while he's breaking in. <laughs> and, yeah. and I really like at the very first scene when he goes down there with the lady from the Sisterhood of Karn, he just walks in. He doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> and then when all the other Time Lords come down and they're like, don't go more than three steps away from the lift. <laughs> and he's just like running around. He doesn't give a shit. He was in there when he was a kid. And that's how he learned of the prophecy. Oh, he learned the prophecy from the cloisters? Yeah. Ooh. That's when he's telling that story. He's like, some kid came down here and heard the prophecy. Some say it drove him mad. And then he ran off with the president's wife. And then Clara goes, oh, how was, how was the president's wife like? Was she nice? And then he goes, ah, they got it wrong. It wasn't his wife. It was his daughter. <laughs> <laughs> And in that scene, to blow a fun fact, he refers to the people who got the story wrong as it, yeah, as the Shabugans. I think it's Shabogans. But uh, that's the race that the Gallifreyans are. They're the Shabogans. And it's just like more... Wait, ev- what? 
Yeah. And it's it comes up in a series 12 episode, which was like the first time I ever heard it. But uh, so like it was written in some book it's or something. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't a classic episode. So it's like more evidence that Time Lord or that Gallifreyans aren't born Time Lords that you become a Time Lord. So are the Time Lords the Shabogans or are the... like all those dirty people <laughs> out in the desert? Oh, those are the those Shabogans. Are Shabogans. So yeah. uh, earlier you had said that um, he he wasn't going to go to Academy because he'd never make Time Lord. That makes it almost seem like it's a like a military class like a level like right. sergeant so in, in this Maisie says um refers to him as like you a highborn gallifreyan so like his status gives him the possibility of being a time lord okay so is the shabugans is it like a nationality or because get like i'm just thinking like Everyone on Earth is Earthlings, but then we're like we have Americans, Europeans. Like, <laughs> name, is it a section of the planet? Nationalities, <laughs> uh, Egyptians. Um, no, Russians. I, like, literally, there's so little about this that okay. it seems in the limited stuff we get. And again, this is all from a couple things I've got from the TV show. I don't really dig into all the other stuff. Is there's Time Lords. And they're Shabogans. And, like, that's it. So, like, they're the non-Time Lord Gallifreyans. That's really um, kind of in parallel of the Daleks as we were going through it in Brothers. Because there's the, uh, I forget what they were called before. <laughs> and then the Daleks. The Khaleds. <laughs> the Khaleds, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it's a war between the Khaleds and the Thals. And then the Khaleds mutate. Or they would have mutate into the Daleks. Yeah. Anyway... Anyway, we're just going to pronounce her name backwards and boom, different race. It's almost exactly backwards, but I think they switched the E and the A. Clever. Uh, so let's get back to what you were talking about, Cody. Um, let's take one step back from that. When the doctor says, I need an extraction chamber to talk to an old friend, and we see Clara's death, and he, like, what are y'all thinking at that point? You're talking about the scene where it was like super trippy red and blue and stuff? Yeah, like old school 3D glasses. I don't like, I don't know if there's like a specific direction with that question, but I don't, I think the way I saw it was I thought when they got back into the room that this is just like a stasis area where they could talk for like 40 seconds and then they just die. Or like they can never leave the room. They have to be put back, which I think like was the case. And then the doctor's like, nah, and then shoots the guy and runs. <laughs> so I thought the doctor was just going to like say his last goodbyes or something. I was thinking it was going to be Missy instead of Clara, but that was, Speaking that was my of Missy, reaction. Missy came up in this episode too. I thought me was going to be Missy, but it was me. Ha <laughs> ha. Oh, that part when they're at the end of the universe and she's like, Clara's like, who's out there? And he's like, me. I thought it was like him. Yeah. That oh, was, my God. Every, the everybody was hello going on. Everyone thought that. And then it was me, me, not him, me. So annoying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, in speaking of that, and I 
don't know what you guys are talking about because I wasn't here. But in a fun fact that I left out of last week. So when the doctor shows up on Gallifrey and says the hybrid is me in the original script, that me is capitalized and he's referring to Ashilda. Did not get that at all. Okay. Yeah, that makes more sense. I mean, I I said it so many times in that podcast and you guys (laughs) didn't catch on. Even at the end of the episode, I was like, oh, the hybrid is uh, Clara and me together, a team. Team hybrid. No, the hybrid is the Doctor and Clara together. Yeah, I I really liked the conversation between Ashilda and the Doctor at the end of time of just their ideas of who or what the hybrid is. That was really fun to listen to. Uh, since we're not doing favorite lines anymore. Oh, no. So the next thing I wanted to talk about after that is what Cody brought up is the Doctor straight up shoots that dude. And this is moments after a whole big scene about how the doctor doesn't like is unarmed. Yeah. So I don't love the scene, but it does. Does it really count? Because he doesn't really kill them. It was just like a way to slow him down. Is this the first time we see a cross gender regeneration? Yes. Boom. Boom. All phantom brains immediately fucking exploded. No. Missy, the master. Damn this it. is the first time we see it on screen. See it, yeah. But okay, we, I see. We see it. Yeah. But it's still... also the first time they change race. <laughs> like oh, she, yeah. she's a black lady. Oh, and yeah. with perfect makeup. <laughs> I that's why was that the first thing that came to my head? I was like, they regenerate mascara. Because, because it's such good makeup. Like she looks amazing. <laughs> so it's it, obviously yeah. the first thing you look at. I thought you were thinking like, how do I do that? Maybe my MVP is makeup artist number (laughs) one. Um, yeah, Maisie did look good. Um, so yeah, it's on one hand I have a problem with it because it's all just for that to get that regeneration from a man into a woman, so that Moffat can get it on screen, and then let the next showrunner deal with it because he didn't have the guts to hire a woman as a doctor (laughs) but he started like saying it's possible like i actually just listened to neil gaiman on david Tennant's podcast today and that whole thing with the corsair being a woman sometimes seems like it was neil gaiman's idea not stephen moffat's who or what was the corsair uh it's like who the doctor got a letter box from in the doctor's wife and the whole reason they go to that little bubble universe yeah they had ah, they had so, the auntie and uncle and they were like yeah. pieced together by random body parts yeah oh yeah anyway. i like that episode a lot me too anyway. so <laughs> you hear that neither the space nor the time it's a great episode it's better than anything <laughs> in series seven <laughs> we'll get to them later uh so i like that or like I don't like that they did it that the doctor shot that guy because we spent a whole thing talking about how he doesn't carry guns and it's his 10th regeneration so like he's only got two more the doctor just removed a third of his remaining life and no cuz they're on Gallifrey so it doesn't count 
No, it counts. <laughs> he said it didn't count. No, they didn't. Yeah. He says Check dying is like he said it's Gallifrey. Dying is like man flu because he's regenerating. But he specifically asks him, "What regeneration are you on?" It's like maybe it'd be a little easier to swallow if he was like three, but it was his tenth. <laughs> um, but I get that like this is supposed to be special. Like the doctor removed the doctor's jacket and put on a different one, so he's not the doctor, and he's but like. Was this more important than the time war where that soldier said the first thing you notice about the doctor of war is that he doesn't he's unarmed? Also that like he didn't have a gun. What was he going to do? You just do what you did. And it's not like he could chase you. And if he does, what is he going to do? Shoot you? No. OK, talking about regenerations, though, the president person asked the doctor how many were generations did we grant you as he like pointed his glowing yeah. hand at him so maybe they can have more maybe they just hand him out like candies well we saw them give him a new regeneration cycle in matt smith's last episode yeah so and that was rastalon giving that right well it was the time lords the high council and so like in the voice coming through the crack that was doctor who is the general's voice that, that guy, that actor. Um, so what they're saying is we get granted you a new regeneration cycle. We have no idea. So it's a way for Stephen Moffat to be like, okay, I fixed it. And now we don't ever have to worry about it again. <laughs> so <laughs> 13 more generations from now, we could just say he gets as many as he wants. So they can just give that guy, girl, more lives. Yeah. You know. If he earns them, she earns them. <laughs> yeah, if he has to stop a Dalek fleet from destroying a planet. Yeah, that Time Lord didn't win the Time War like the Doctor did. And the Doctor winning the Time War granted him unlimited clout with everyone on that planet. <laughs> Except the President. All right, Sam, do you have any favorite lines up to this point? Yeah. Uh, when the Doctor first sees Clara and asks if they're traveling. She goes, you're traveling? And he says, yeah, from time to time. Genius! Oh my god. <laughs> it's so good! I oh, love it oh. so much. It's the perfect pun. <laughs> okay, that's all I have. I just, that had to be mentioned. It was worth it. <laughs> so good. All right. Well, my next two favorite lines are from the next scene when they're in the cloisters, the doctor and Clara trying to figure out that trap door. And apart from all the stuff where Jenna's just amazing, um, after they have their little talk and the general woman and the sisterhood of Karn lady are talking to Clara and they're like, tell us what he, what you told him. And she's like, I'm not gonna tell you everything, but I'll tell you this. Don't read, Doctor. They'll all be looking at me. And then they, you know, flash over to the door and he's gone. That was so good. That was great. And then right after that, my next favorite line is them saying, what's the Doctor doing? You have to tell us. And he says, the Doctor's back on Gallifrey. It took him four and a half billion years to get here. What do you think <laughs> he's going to do now? Why, he's stealing a TARDIS and running away. And then the old, the OG, like, cylinder TARDIS thing, uh, apparates around that's not the right word oh yeah <laughs> and it's the best 
Have we that's seen an old school TARDIS? Was a TARDIS cylinder? that yeah, looks like that before? It's the Once, first yes. one. It's a TARDIS that isn't camouflaged as anything. So we saw it in the name of the doctor at the very beginning when Clara is like, don't steal that one, doctor, steal this one. And it's uh, it's just a whole bunch of cylinders in a line like that. Oh, yeah. Also, <laughs> they're permanently a diner. <laughs> yeah. And I like I like that, too. And Maisie Williams like, uh, I think the chameleon circuits busted. We might be stuck like a diner. And Clara just goes, awesome. <laughs> then she can keep wearing her hostess outfit. Feel like they were like, what can we put Clara in? We'll make the TARDIS into anything. Speaking of diner, uh, I really I was sad when the doctor was like, I'm pretty sure when I see her, I'll recognize her for sure. And I was like, oh, yeah. But then... And again, Jen is awesome in that, like just the devastation on her face. And like she rolls a tear and has to turn around. Yeah. But then just then he goes back to the booth and it's like, we were here. I know we were here. And then he goes like, Amy and Rory, that's what it was. And like, I just wished that those two would just randomly show up. <laughs> it's like, yes. <laughs> God, how that would ruin the entire mood, though. Right. Just bringing more people back for reasons, because you can. Glad right, they didn't. Like, hell yeah, Amy and Rory. But <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> this is now campy. Rompy, you can't say campy. Uh, there's one last uh, Maisie Williams line I want to bring up. She didn't have a ton to do in this story, but she was really good in it. When uh, she's talking to the doctor about her theories on what the hybrid is, and she's talking about Clara. It's like she died for who she was and who she loved. She fell where she stood. It was sad and it was beautiful. And that's a direct reflection on the line she just said about the stars. Like she the says it's beautiful and the doctor says scene it's sad. leading up to that. Yes. Yeah. And then she ends by saying, you're willing to risk it all because you miss her. <laughs> and like the little like super sassy look on her face when she's delivering that is so fucking good. I thought the look on her face when she described it as being sad and beautiful. I was like, man, that acting. Yeah. Turns out she's really good. Too bad. Uh, Surprise. She can't get cast in anything that's good. I was going to say, what's she up to nowadays? <laughs> uh, she's got a show coming out. And then New Mutants was, I, like, I didn't see it, but it was finished three years ago and came out during the pandemic, so it can't be good. I was going to say, did that come out? Because I was kind of looking forward to that. It's a little, it's supposed to be like a horror. So, like, tweets, yeah? <laughs> Wait, why did the doctor put on the sunglasses to look at the number on the back of Clara's neck that isn't moving? <laughs> to scan it. Like if he was, if he had a Sonic, he would have Sonic'd it. Do you need a reason to put on sunglasses? <laughs> yes. Disagree. Oh, and then the new Sonic screwdriver that he gets at the end. Oh, I'm buying that one, Sam. Oh. By the way, FYI. <laughs> right before that, when he walks into the TARDIS from outside, and it's completely dark, but the sun is shining in through the front door, and then the the lights start coming on one at a time, like. Another awesome target shot by Talley. You would like that part. And he goes through like all the sequences, like snaps his fingers and the door closes. Chef's kiss. Oh, and then the chalkboard message too. That was so good. Yeah. Well, and she leaves the 
like his jacket on the it's not a hook, but like on the railing right there. And so he takes off his jacket and puts the doctor jacket back on. Because the message was yeah. be a doctor. <laughs> right. That doctor jacket, by the way. That yeah. okay, that message as well, because she wrote on there, run you clever boy. And then it's like a long distance and you think it's gonna say and remember because he forgot everything, but it doesn't. It says and be a doctor. Did you guys think Clara was gonna die by the end of the episode? Yeah, yeah, mm, yeah, I did. I always think she's gonna die. I thought that was gonna <laughs> be like the ultimate heartstring tug is where the doctor had to come up with the ultimate decision where he's like, All right, it's time for you to die now. Follow me. Just puts a pillow over her face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of surprised that the doctor didn't just order like Clara to become a time lord. And like just gave her regenerations. <laughs> How do you become a time lord? I don't know. Apparently any of these Shanubles can just turn into a time lord. <laughs> Shogans, and also you tear you you stare into the time vortex. So how do you all feel Pretty about good. Clara's end? She's immortal. She's got a TARDIS and she's got a companion. I'm kinda sick of the immortals. Also, is it the end? Because if it's not the end, it's not the end. Is it the end? It's uh, not the end. They flew no, off into it's, space. It's the end. I'm like really glad to see that this may play out in future episodes. Like I'm really excited for that. But once again, it's kind of annoying to be the guy who is made to feel bad for the death of somebody. And then it's all just fake. Yeah, or I'm just, just it doesn't matter. They hit the rewind button. Yeah, I've said this before. I'm annoyed of the, oh, they're dead. Oh, they're back. <laughs> oh, they're dead again. Oh, and they're back. Well, and okay. This is a thing I threaten some of our Twitter friends that I would fight them on is that I don't believe that making her alive now removes the emotion of Face the Raven. That's see, and that was going to be my follow up. Even though this happens all the time, I'm still not to the boy who cried wolf level it fucking gets me every time and maybe that's the part that makes me so mad they keep tricking me it well just... not even that but just because she was grabbed later doesn't mean that face the raven didn't happen like that is still her end and just because there's something in between that we didn't know at the time doesn't mean that you know that scene of the doctor crying when she's going to walk off to her death doesn't hold as much emotion as it did on the first viewing. Doctor Who 2026 episode, but October 1st. The Doctor, the Clara, and the you, Raven. <laughs> well, <laughs> let's do it. But they, Fisticuffs. They, but they, no, do that, is... like, they do that shit all the time with big finish stuff. They just put stories in places that there wasn't. Right. And, you know, they just did it on the big stage of Doctor Who show. Yeah, but this story is she's immortal for her last heartbeat. Mm. Okay. Well, aren't we I, all? All of us are immortal until we die. Until our last heartbeat. No. <laughs> I, I'm happy about this. I'm happy that she's immortal. I love her so much. She's out in the universe traveling. She's having her adventures. Like, that's what she's been a part of. Like, that's what she wants to do. And she essentially has become a doctor in her own way. Yeah. So I'm excited for it. She's basically the doctor and will be able to rein in me. Yes. Sam is like the people that say the 
the new all girls Ghostbusters movie ruin their childhood. I mean, but didn't it? Oh no. <laughs> no. I'm just kidding. I've never seen it. Either of them actually. But just that stuff that happens in the future doesn't remove how you felt in the past. Like But you know what it does remove? Warp. Me caring about future deaths. <laughs> well, that's on you, man. No, that's on writing. <laughs> Jake. <laughs> yeah, Moffat doesn't kill people. We all know that. He constantly shat on RTD for constantly killing people. At least he had some, uh, I don't know what the word is. He went for it. He wasn't scared. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, scared is English for scared. And huevos is Spanish for eggs. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so... Sam's the worst kind of person. Are we ready for tweets? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jill Jill did get home. Um, I think she's working her way down here. So we could do uh, like splice Jill in here soon if we want to take like a little, little couple minute break. We'll take this time to do our weekly Neither the Time Nor the Space podcast talk. So Matt from Neither the Time Nor the Space podcast asked us last week what we like about Peter Capaldi. And I didn't really ask you guys, just kind of answered him um, because I didn't want like spoilers or anything. And so this week he asked us what we dislike about the Capaldi era. Um, Not that the Capaldi era is over, but for him, it's just starting. Like, I think he's watched the first two episodes so far. So is there anything specifically about this era so far, two seasons that you guys like dislike about this versus the Matt Smith or David Tennant era? That they or, keep bringing Clara back. Yeah, but that happened in Matt Smith's era. That's a mock yeah, thing. Yeah, they a, did it once, and now they keep doing it. They did it with Rory four times. And, yeah, Rory's an exception. <laughs> and he managed okay. to kill the companions off out of old age. <laughs> like, he didn't... <laughs> they Like, they didn't really have a sad ending. No, dislikes? No. So, Sam, you're the, you're the only one out of... <laughs> Well, I guess Terry, too, that Capaldi is not your favorite doctor. So what of Capaldi do you, like, keeps him from that? Is it just uh, how sexy David Tennant is? Uh, Matt Smith. David Tennant. (laughs) I really, I was thinking about this today while I was out on my run. And I, I just think it's the, like, mannerisms and the physical acting of matt smith that really kept me engaged capaldi is amazing i don't not like him as a doctor and actually he does have the best episodes i would say but i something about matt smith just gets me yeah i think the reason i gave him for what is good about uh capaldi is just that very simply put he's the better actor yes all right, I'm back. Uh, so Jill didn't finish watching while she was driving, so she's not going to talk about anything tonight. So tweet, 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 tweet. So uh, back to the Neither Time Nor Space podcast. Uh, go to their Twitter, Neither Time Nor Space. I think because they are doing. I think it's Time Nor Space. Yeah. They're doing a 
fundraiser for a charity for Matt's birthday that they're going to run through Christmas. They're trying to raise like 120 pounds and they're doing like a fun little quiz at the end of every episode they do from here until then to try, you know, if uh, David, the the Whovian of the two, for everyone he gets right, they donate some money to this charity. But it's open to everyone. You can go on there and donate. We donated a little bit to try to get them to talk shit about episodes that they love. <laughs> <laughs> That's so very our podcast. <laughs> Chris at this emo trash says he didn't get a chance to rewatch this one. So this is all off the cuff. Chris g- generally rewatches these episodes before sending his tweets in. But he says, I genuinely really like this episode. Not as much as heaven sent, but still a damn good finale. The doctor taps into that ruthless side of him that we don't tend to see very often, all just to save his friend he knows deep down is beyond saving. The fact he's willing to literally kill one of the generals just to help Clara is both horrible and incredibly sad. Speaking of which, this is the first time we see a Time Lord actually change genders when they regenerate, so fuck you, not my doctors. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I love that they bring back Rassilon even in a regenerated form. Last time we saw him, his character exuded power, but he doesn't do that this time. He feels weak and powerless. Part of that is to do with Donald Sumter's great acting and partly the Doctor's anger. And him losing his army to the one Time Lord they've never been able to control is almost sad since the Doctor would have no need of an army. I've always thought the hybrid story arc was a bit meh, and this is a finale dealing with that. I don't think it lives up to what it could have been. The escaping Gallifrey scenes are cool, and it totally makes sense the Time Lords would keep their enemies as guard dogs. I also really like how this all acts as one story being told by the Doctor, almost as a folktale to the waitress in the diner, since right from the start you're thinking, wait, how is Clara back and working in the diner from Series 6? Now that one does live up to expectations. The way Clara and Doctor part is one of the most heartbreaking ends to any companion. She sees the Doctor literally go to hell and back to save her, and he can't remember a thing. It highlights just how codependent they were, and the Doctor would never leave her until... He stops remembering her. I've seen people complain that Clara gets saved in the end by Ashilda, but I just respond that she still dies. Like we literally see her die. (laughs) Eventually her time traveling with Ashilda will run out and she'll go back to the trap street and die, which is a tragic end to, Oh, full stop. A tragic end to my favorite TARDIS team. But as always, you got to look ahead and we have a great Christmas special coming up. A much needed romp to get away from all the sadness. Hope the marrieds enjoy I'm going to go and rewatch it now. Man, oh, we have been in the sadness for a while. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Alex, you should get Jill for the game and for me to reveal the title of the next episode. Okay. I will text her. Okay. <laughs> old Ollie, old underscore Ollie says, it's a good thing I finished my notes from this one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is my least favorite of Capaldi's finales. And to me, wow. it's the weakest but it's still brilliant, and there's still a lot about it that I love. Uh, it was only on my rewatch that it clicked that, except for the diner scenes, Capaldi relies entirely on his physical acting for the first 10 minutes, showing again how incredible he is at it, portraying all the Doctor's anger and pain through just looks. The way the Gallifreyans react to the Doctor is wonderful, showing the respect and awe they have for him, not hesitating to shelter him or to stand against Rassilon to support him, and seeing that they'd keep a place for him in the barn was really nice. The corruption and cruelty of the Time Lords could have been dragged through the episodes, but I think it was dealt with so well. Uh, Casting out Rassilon and making Clara and the Doctor the focus of the episode 
makes it a really deep and emotional story instead of being wrapped up in the story of Gallifrey and the hybrid. And the reveal of quite how long the doctor willingly subjected himself to the cycles for is even more horrifying than in heaven set and heartbreaking, showing what the doctor is willing to go through for Clara. The cloisters is such a creepy concept. The matrix needing defenses and using the dead is horrifying. While I'm not as much of a fan of Clara's ending in this, and then uh, says some stuff to me directly. Uh, <laughs> he says, though I don't think it takes away from her death in Raven, Jake, because I told them that's what we're going to fight on. Uh, her scenes on Gallifrey are magnificent. Her fear and slow understanding of what happened to her, turning into horror at what the doctor went through for her. Jenna plays this so well and really sells Clara's reactions. As for Clara's ending, it's classic Moffat, killing off a character, but not really which can get frustrating, but it's so, (laughs) but it's so fitting for her character, basically becoming the doctor in her own way after everything that happened in this series. Holly just said she wasn't really a doctor. I do really like the doctor's ending. However, with the TARDIS giving him another Sonic and him ready to start again, even after the pain of what happened, giving him and us hope for what's to come. (laughs) I've got a feeling Jake will hate, will hate it as it's very Muffet, but I've got a soft spot for the stories. Our memories go when they're forgotten line. (laughs) <laughs> but but as for now, my now defunct favorite line, I think the doctor's final speech to Clara is incredible too. Run like hell because you always need to laugh at everything because it's always funny. I'm really curious what you think about this one as it can be quite controversial, but it'll be interesting to see what your reactions will be. And very excited for series 10. This one is great. It has a lot of throwbacks that I didn't understand because I'd never seen them. I think both <laughs> of them, Chris and... Uh... Old Ollie are absolutely right on how throwaway the whole hybrid thing kind of seemed. Yeah. And for our group, I don't think it was controversial. I think we all kind of liked it. Yeah. I, for... I don't think we're to that level of criticalness where it could really be controversial. But I. Oh, this was, yeah. People hated this. Um, I didn't see the new Sonic. What? So the first time I watched it, there was a toddlers screaming for the last 15 minutes of the episode and i watched it all by uh subtitles and i didn't make (laughs) it to the end of the episode this time so i actually haven't don't look it up yet until after the podcast wait don't look up my ex well don't like (laughs) don't play it on hbo max on your laptop right now because it might spoil the next episode's title oh wow that's weird that there's a spoilable title all right but I want to see it. Just wait 10 more minutes. <laughs> Thomas Merch at Thomas John Merch says, Once the joy of watching Heaven Sent for the first time faded, I was a bit worried that Hellbent would get bogged down in boring Gallifrey political infighting. Thankfully, the finale focused on what I was and what the series had been most interested in, the main characters. Thanks, Thomas. I think that's it, kind of what I was saying, that this three-parter is really just about the Doctor and Clara, and there aren't a whole lot of supporting there's not a lot of focus on the supporting cast i'd be really mad if the finale was some political intrigue bullshit for an hour (laughs) well that's like why rtd got rid of the time lords when he brought the show back is because they're fucking boring (laughs) and the reason the show got canceled in the 80s is because it got so far up its own ass constantly referring to shit and having time lords in it all the time that it got bad preach Chris Short at aka Short20 says, 
I know it flies in the face of received fan wisdom, but I think these two apps give us one of the greatest two-parters in modern Who. Peter Capaldi acted his balls off in Heaven Sent, and in this he does so much by doing so little. Maximum efficiency with minimum effort is hard. Fuck fan wisdom. Boom. Also, Chris, uh, this might just be me and I don't remember them all, but this seems like the best send off for a companion that we've seen, in my opinion. Well, Rose got left in a parallel universe. Then she came back, but then got sent back there, but got herself a fuck doll. Mm -hmm. Uh, Free Majmon got just left. Uh, Donna had her mind wiped. And Amy and Rory got sent to the past and died of old age. Yeah, this is by far. Yeah, what I just said <laughs> verbatim. Dan at Leonard underscore Daniels says, I was so tense watching the whole thing because the story kept taking such huge risks and I was continuously convinced they were about to fuck it up. It wasn't until the credits rolled that I realized how happy it had made me. Did this episode make me happy? I don't know. <laughs> That's I think what you just said sums it up. <laughs> like makes me happy yeah it's it's hard to say it's nice to see clara fly away i don't want her to fly away with me though like i'm sick of me she's such a underhanded bitch (laughs) well you don't have to see either of them ever again (laughs) spoilers don't we yeah what the heck jake jake lies now all the time like jenna was supposed to leave the show last season (laughs) she's for sure left the show now It's going to be some big shoes to fill. So go ahead. Go ahead. Next tweet. Amy at Spencer Tracy fan says, I think it's a great finale. I love that it focused on the main characters and that it was character driven drama. I think it was great exit for Clara and a great ending for 12 and Clara. Fantastic acting from Peter and Jenna. That's four brand new tweeters all in a row. That's insane. Welcome, guys. Also, I don't disagree with any of them. (laughs) Yeah. Which is new for me and our tweeters. <laughs> Give me that Mrs. J theme song. Mrs. J is back. Mrs. J is back. She's a back like a vertebrae? Yeah. Sweet. Ooh. <laughs> let, oh, let me write that mad bar down here real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. McCrimmon at Mrs. J McCrimmon says... No one likes soup that much. <laughs> Disagree. Uh, yeah, I know a I know a person. I love soup. Uh, she then also tweeted to us, can't believe you guys are so close to series 10. I remember starting in series three. The Lazarus experiment was the first step I heard, I think. Oh, oh my, we've gone so far. Ago. It's been years. Yeah. It's been years. Yeah. And, and here we go. Mrs. J is still here. That's incredible. Thought we were doing our best to shoo all of our fans away. Alex, give me that fun facts theme song. We got fun facts. Jake's could give us the fun facts. Fun facts. Fun facts. <laughs> uh, we already said this is the first time we see a male Time Lord regenerate into a female Time Lord. This is also the first time we've seen an interior shot of a TARDIS that wasn't the Doctor's TARDIS since Time in the Rani in 1987. Hey, Ronnie. You've Try talked Ronnie. about them before. <laughs> I like to look at all the actors and see if any of them have been in Doctor Who before or if they've been in Game of Thrones, Star Wars, or 
What's the other thing? Harry Potter? Lord of the yeah. Rings. Yes. So none of none of these oh someone wasn't Harry Potter. Yeah, or Harry Potter. Uh Donald Sumter's Rassilon. He also played Enrico Casali in six episodes of the Doctor Who story Wheel in Space in nineteen sixty eight, as oh, well as Commander one. Ridgeway in three episodes of the Sea Devils in nineteen seventy two. So he's an yeah, old hat one. at Doctor Who. He's also Maester Lewin in Game of Thrones. Uh, duh. Oh, he's also a Aerosmith Darkening in two episodes of the Sarah Jane Adventures. Do you remember who Maester Lewin served? Because I know I recognize yeah, him. Yeah, he's House Stark's Maester. Ah, uh, okay, yep. Mm-hmm. Ken Bones played the general. This is his third time in the role, having played him in The Day of the Doctor and having been the voice of him in Time of the Doctor. He also played Salazar Slytherin in a video short for the ride, Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey. So that counts. <laughs> okay. okay. Oh, I think we were on that ride, Sam. <laughs> for sure. Uh, Tania Miller played the regenerated general. She's in The Haunting of Bly Manor right now on Netflix, which the whole world is talking about. Uh, she's in RTD's Years and Years, which Sam and I both watched. She's also in RTD's first two shows, Banana and Cucumber. What? Yeah. Is, is that one show or two shows? Two shows. We, we literally talked about this two podcasts ago. One is called Banana and one is called Cucumber? Yeah. Those shows sound dumb. Well, Banana is like a six episode anthology series that follows like six different relationships in the city. So it's about like, you know, tr- being young and have being in a relationship in the city. I don't know if it's about being young. I made that up. And then Cucumber is like the same thing, but with all gay couples. Cucumber. Why? Why is it called that? Grab your cubes. Fuck man. Uh, Ross Mullen was one of the cloister wraiths. He was also the teller in Time Heist and a silent in one of those stories. Uh, he's also in three episodes of Game of Thrones as a white walker. Sick. What a role. Alex, give me that MVP theme song. That was lazy. Alex, who's your MVP? I'm gonna give it to the writing. That was it was just it was just so good all over. So Muffet? Yes. Terry. I am awarding Jenna Coleman MVP. I hate you and everything you stand for. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh well I'm also picking Jenna Coleman, so go ahead, Sam. I still stand by that. But who's your MVP though? Sam, oh, Sam who's your MVP? And why is oh. it Jenna Coleman? Um, I'm gonna go with Maisie Williams. No, she's just barely in she's it. She's in 95 seconds of this episode. Yeah, and it was 100 percent great. Like the best though, like better than everything else in the whole episode. I told you that I loved her acting when she said, "And it was beautiful. It was the best acting." She has the best acting. Uh, She knows the best (laughs) actors. They're tremendous. Yes, there you go. Thanks. Cody, I see where you're going with that. It's fucking... I can't. This is... It's hard. I think I'll go with Peter Capaldi specifically because 
he just ran the episode. It feels bad because when he forgets stuff, then you're like, it's really Jenna Coleman running the show, but it was Capaldi for sure. So one for Maisie, one for Capaldi, one for Moffat, two for Coleman. Coleman's a winner. It is probably Capaldi. Unless Terry changes (laughs) his vote. Oh, sorry. I mean, Clara slash Jenna Coleman. Uh, I could vote for Capaldi. Shut up, Sam. Your vote is locked in. (laughs) (laughs) Is Jill here yet? We got Jill just in time for the Doctor Who Trivial Pursuit slash Doug Benson movie game game. Jill, you haven't watched the episode yet, right? Or finished it? I haven't finished it. Okay. In this game, I will ask everybody a question from the Doctor Who Trivial Pursuit. Everyone will get a chance to go first, second, third, fourth, or fifth. If you get it wrong, the second person gets four multiple choice questions or options. If they get it wrong, the next person, hopefully having remembered what the other person said, has it narrowed down to three and so on and so on. The questions are random. They can be really hard or really easy. I have randomly selected the order ahead of time, and it is Cody, Jill, Sam, Alex, Terry. Number one. Two weeks in a row, I think. All right, Cody, it is your turn. Here is your question. At the end of Asylum of the Daleks, what does Oswin Oswald remove from the database of the Dalek Parliament? Oh, fuck. Fucking easy. It is. It is the doctor. That's correct. Nice. nice. I. Good job. I don't think I would have gotten that. That was big brain time. That was... <laughs> The card specifically says she removes all memories of the doctor so they have no idea who he is. Verbatim. Yeah. And then they have their whole like spinning around Doctor Who, Doctor Who. (laughs) The cheese. Okay, Jill. Yes. If you remember the name of this episode, you will get this question right. (laughs) So good luck. (laughs) <laughs> what was the name of the town where Collar Jex was hiding from Collar Tech, a.k.a. the Gunslinger? Ah, you got it, Jill. Mm. Oh, yep. I got it now. Uh, dang it. I can picture the episode and I can't. It's not hard. This is stupid. It's not easy because it's not an episode we like really talked about a lot. Then it's not the and one it, I'm thinking. It never comes up. <laughs> All right. Well, then uh, go to that multiple choice for the next person. Sam, do you need it? One? Mercy. It's Mercy. The episode's called The Town Called Mercy. Yeah. yeah. It took me a while. Amy Amy but... had the gun and was shooting it. And then the... Yeah, but it's... <laughs> yeah. It's part of that five-part, like, Series 7A before they take a break. And there is... We literally never talk about it because nothing important happened in it. Nope. But right, the Sam. part where Amy, like, shoots the gun around and uh, they're like, if you're not American, put the gun down. It's still one of my favorite <laughs> parts in Doctor Who. And just how brutal that cyborg was. So cool. Yeah. All right, Sam, you have one, Cody has one, and it is your turn to go first. What is the name of Silurian Madame Vastra's human wife? Fucking easy. No. Very. Well, then uh, I'm not even going to bother with multiple choice, Alex, because you're next. <laughs> um, God, I can picture, picture her from... Uh... The the 
Crimson Auror. And I cannot think of her name. Cody? Wait, Cody? Nah. nah. And I wanted nah, nah. to do the Crimson Horror. Oh. Oh. <laughs> the Crimson Aura. Jenny! It is Jenny. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Big yeah, it took you so long to Google that. Shut up. <laughs> I was going to go Jenny. <laughs> okay, Alex, it is your turn. Sam has two. Cody has one. In the Impossible Planet, what was K37 Gem 5 better known as? Easy. I'm just kidding. It's not easy, but Alex keeps saying easy. Alex? Yeah. Can, can I was you like, say, did my, my computer break? Can you say the, the name again? In the Impossible Planet, what was K-37 Gem 5 better known as? Uh, fuck, man. I feel like I know it, but I'm, I can't think of it. So I'm going to say Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> Terry, your yes. multiple choice are a space station, a pit, a black hole, or an ood. A black hole? That's correct. Yeah. It's like I could play the episode in my head. I'm like, shit, what is he talking about? I would not have gotten that. Yeah, I didn't. I. That's what? (laughs) It's better known as a black hole? (laughs) Yeah, it's a pretty shittily. That's a shitty question. question. (laughs) Because it's the the solar system that they destroyed the first time to get rid of the Cybermen, right? No. No. The Impossible Planet was. Next the to one Satan with Pit. Satan, right? Yeah. yeah. They the... never destroy a solar system to get rid of a Cyberman. Wait, so then what was the one I was thinking of? It has the Willow as the president of the universe. Oh. Because he was talking about yeah. that solar system, and that's where I was getting it from. This is from season two. The oh, one gosh. you're thinking of is from season seven. Oh, well, that's how <laughs> I got the connection was through that one. That's fucked up because there's not even a black hole in there. Yeah, there is. Well, they fire a weapon that creates a singularity. Yeah, a giant black hole. Big brain plays is really what that was. (laughs) All right, Terry, you fucked your way into that one. Sweet. It's your chance to tie Sam for the lead. Okay. What does the GI in Dr. Simeon's GI Institute stand for? Great intelligence. Fucking easy. How come all y'all get the easy ones? <laughs> Holy, I I should no, I never would have gotten that. <laughs> really? No, because I'm an idiot. It's Simeon though. <laughs> That's fine. She's gonna win the tiebreaker anyway. I, Boom. Not really, because my microphone delays apparently by four seconds. No, no, you guys are on equal ground because I'm not gonna be in the tiebreaker. Okay. Yeah, okay. that's true. Yeah, maybe because like I've heard myself echoed in Alex's thing a ton of times and it's stuff I said like eight seconds ago. So uh, maybe we'll have to come up with a different way to do this. But for now, we have a tie between Sam and Terry. The first person to shout out the correct answer will be the winner. Wait, is this going to be one of those questions that we have to guess like 70 things before we get it? Maybe (laughs) you can just get it right the first time. Just keep guessing until you get it. In Time Crash which is a mini-sode that we watched where the 10th Doctor and the 5th Doctor meet. 
the fifth and tenth doctors realized that a time collision could create a hole in the space-time vortex the size of which European country? Spain. Don't ask me countries, man. Keep France. saying countries. Germany. No, because Belgium. It's Belgium. <laughs> Holy shit! Yay! Because <laughs> I would and Sam okay. never said a country. <laughs> you want to know why? Because I would have said a country that was not there and sounded like a complete moron. So I just Come opt on, not to I say anything. Always edit out when people sound like complete morons. <laughs> Always. <laughs> Good job, Terry. Uh, thank you. Thank you. That's my first tiebreaker ever to win. Also, <laughs> never would have guessed Belgium. Alex, give me that paper cup of these on. They got the waffles. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I on. do love waffles, though. This has been Married to Who's episode on Hellbent. Yeah. If you would like to participate in our social medias, you can follow us on Twitter, Married to Who Pod, or on Instagram, Married to Who. You can email us, Married to Who at gmail.com. If you want to listen to this podcast in any way other than what you are, you can do so on Spotify, Google Play, or Apple Podcasts, or you can go on our website, MarriedToWho.com. On behalf of myself, Jake, uh, Cody, Sam, Jill, Alex, and Producer Terry, thank you so much for listening, and please join us next time for The Husbands of River Song. What? Pause the music. Have questions. River song. Jake lies. Well, that doesn't mean she's back. Um. Why would her name be back though? Because it's her husband's. Also, I saw the name of the episode before. What? I knew you would out of everybody. I knew it would be you. Do you just go looking for things Jake tells you not to look at? I didn't. Okay. When you watch an episode, you have to click through to get to the episode. And guess what you're doing while you're clicking through? You're looking at the names of the episodes. Don't Am do I the that. only one who blurs their vision for these things? No, I'm really Obviously, good at it. Obviously, no one else even fucking tries. <laughs> Also, I didn't say it. I meant to say in the podcast, the next episode is a Christmas special, which in real time, this one we just did aired December 5th. So we didn't have to wait very long. But then the next episode after that is another Christmas special because there was no season in 2016. Holy. We have back to back Christmas specials coming up. The romps. So the robot snowman. Christmas 2015. Yeah. Bring back the what trumpet gun. What were Jill, we doing? We were really hoping for some excitement out of you because you were the one who wants River to come back so bad and you brought <laughs> it up last week. I'm just dead, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh.